Oh, we'll definitely see that over the course of the show. I really hope so. Uh, we, I have zero doubt in my mind. I am more sure of that than I am sure we will see Cal Kestis in live action in this show. Right. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Always To There Are, a Star Wars discussion podcast. I am Josiah, here with my co-host, Steven. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. This week, we are jumping into our discussion series for the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus original series. This is going to be an exclusive series that we release uh, on top of our regular release episodes. So this will be a second episode every week for the next few weeks while Kenobi is being released. And... We're just going to talk through each episode, kind of our thoughts, what we expected, what what we're wishing would have happened. Get this though. Um, we're anyway. going to keep these episodes short, right? Uh, we're going to try. We're, we're going to try. <laughs> we said that about the beginner's guide. No, it's we said that four. about every episode we've recorded so far. What's Wrong with Star Wars was supposed to be an intro and is two episodes. Beginner's That's guide true. was supposed to be one episode and it's now four. Like I said, we'll we'll try. We'll do this, our best. This week in KOTOR, each week is supposed to be a five-minute discussion. And, and they it turns turned into, into 20, 20 or 40. <laughs> KOTOR 2 on the Switch. I, yeah, it's coming up. I think, I think I may do a quick replay of Force Unleashed before I jump into KOTOR 2. Fair. The Korriban final Sith Temple is so annoying. How the, come? The lights puzzle. Just figured it out. Oh, yeah, I like that puzzle. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. Um, except when you do it and then you throw the, the fire grenade into the acid and you have to restart from the beginning because that's the last time you saved. I hate old oh. video games. <laughs> I hate old video games so much. Anyway, but we're not here to talk about KOTOR. We are here to talk... Actually, it'll probably come up at some point. Probably. We are here to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi Episode 1. So, All right. I have thoughts. You have thoughts. Well, we're going to save them because first I'm going to ask you to give us a quick recap. And by quick, I mean actually quick, not always to there are quick. <laughs> Is there <laughs> such a thing? No. Okay. God, recap of the, let's see here. It's been on the we'll, hot we'll, minutes since we'll, I've seen uh, it. We'll popcorn this. So it, it opens on... It opens during Order 66. Oh, the younglings. Right, right, right. Oh, so uh, real quick... Are we going to go... Did you think that Jedi that was protecting the younglings was going to be third sister? Reva? Yeah. I think Reva might be one of the younglings. Ooh, I didn't think of that. Because I saw the... Th- I it's saw been, that... So it is, it is canonically... So I think this is how we're going to do it. We're just going to discuss as we recap. So we open on the younglings. <laughs> um, it was so funny. I was watching it with Brandon and I... It opens, and then you see a city, and I'm not enough of a Star Wars nerd to see that city and go, that's Coruscant. Mm. So it popped up, and I'm like, that's not Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it showed like some like plants and stuff. I'm like, that kind of looks like... And then we see younglings, and I'm like, oh, oh no. Oh, I did think that was we weird. Are. I did think that was weird, because it was like... From my understanding, there are no plants anymore on Coruscant. Like, the entire surface... This was my understanding was the whole surface yeah, yeah, yeah. was uh, part of the superstructure of the city. And that the only part of the planet, like the actual surface of the planet you can see, are like the big molten yeah, like rings that you see from orbit. Well, I think they're probably just like... 
potted plants. That's kind of my the vibe I got from them. Oh, wait, no. Were those plants part of the balcony of the temple? Yes. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm thinking of a scene from Alderaan. You're probably thinking of Alderaan, which we will get to later. I did have the thought, though, because I recognized it as Coruscant, and then there are the plants. And I was like, plants on Coruscant? What? Yeah. But now I remember. Who thought of potted plants? Oh, it was an outdoor balcony um, of the temple. <laughs> anyway, so we see this Jedi Master uh, training these younglings that don't even have lightsabers. And one way I heard it from another Star Wars nerd didn't even have any way to defend themselves. They were just left. I really, I like, Brandon was like, are we going to see Anakin walk through that door right now? <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I really hope not. But yeah, it was just, just clones, just clones, which it's like the clones pop in and this one Jedi fends off so many of them. I know. It makes you think, how did they fall? It like, does. I thought I had the same thought. I was like, She's doing a pretty darn good job. And this of is just a faceless, herself. nameless Jedi and, that we've yeah. never met before. And I'm just like, there has to be. Most of the Jedi had to be off and away during that attack. Well, this is this is I mean this is the peak of the Clone Wars, and so right. like any any able Jedi, even Padawans, are all off. So the ones that are at the temple are teachers and younglings and. Yeah, basically just teachers and younglings. So it, it does make sense. Um, but they that she did. But because that particular Jedi was a young black woman, appeared young at least, I my immediately thought upon seeing her was like, are they starting the show with Reva? I don't think that was Reva. I but did then think she died. I did think we might see Gro- we might have seen Grogu in that in that quick scene because like one of the hallways was like that looks like the scene from Boba Fett. Right. Like I was like, it did, did. Are we gonna see? And then we didn't. But it's fine. Right. It's but, fine. Um, one of those younglings, because we see five younglings like run away, and so one of them was very likely the the boy from Tatooine. One of them was very likely, uh, possibly Reva. You think one of them was the guy from Tatooine? I think without a doubt. I think there'd be no reason for them to go straight from that to Tatooine, where they're like, "Where's a Jedi?" And it's like that cinematically, the story, what they're trying to do story-wise, is one of these people is here. Maybe, maybe. That's Unless just in in general, like TV storytelling, that's kind of the way you do it. It's it, it that could be it though I would say more likely one of the younglings was Reva and then we cut to an important scene in Reva's life and now we we saw her as a youngling not knowing that we saw her as a youngling and now we see her as a full fledged inquisitor. Bro, when I saw uh, all right, so we'll move on. I can't remember. Does it go from that to Obi Wan's day to day, or I'm pretty sure it goes to straight to the the. I don't, you know. I want to say I tavern, remember. cantina. We'll go with that. Anyway, the can, I think it, the cantina. I, the cantina is the next like big event because Obi Wan's day to day. The first time we see it, nothing really happens. It's hold on. We're cutting this big pause out. Uh, discussion real quick. We need to keep these to a minimum because I sometimes forget to edit them out. <laughs> Yes. Uh, okay. So, uh, it was Obi Wan. After our first day to day of Obi Wan's life, he comes in and he sees what's happening in the cantina, and he hides behind the corner with his 
elephant horse thing. And he watches from a distance. I don't know if we follow Obi-Wan until that and then we get the cantina sign. No, we don't. I think I think they're they're interposed or the cantina scene comes first. Okay. That's what I want to say. I don't know. Anyway, not really important. I don't get why that needs to be cut out either. Um, it'll probably stay in. I just cut the whole pause. Okay, we'll so cantina scene is... Yeah, so we see the cantina, and I love what they do cinematically where they... The extras acting is very good in the scene because every single extra in that cantina could be the Jedi they're looking for. Because the, the, the way That's that true. everyone's acting is like everyone's like looking over their shoulder, looking up from behind the hood. Like everyone gets like anytime they say Jedi, they're like you just see like they the do, flinching and everything. They, they so it's do like a good job it could be you. anyone. But then like they like they really linger on our Jedi boy in the corner, especially when well, the Grand Inquisitor is like, there's a Jedi here, and we see lightsabers, like, slashes on the wall, and it's like, oh. Yeah, man, I, really, I actually thought they did a good job of focusing on the, uh, I thought they did a good job focusing on the Tavern Keep. Yeah, because I was like, good. what if it's the Tavern Keep, and this is the life he built for himself, and then they've tracked him down. Um, anyway, uh, live-action Grand Inquisitor? I like him. I like him. He. Uh, I almost said something, but we'll save that for episode two. I will say, I think they could have done a little bit better with the prosthetics of his species. Yeah, he doesn't just, look like his species at all. Just because we've already seen live action of his species. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for those, and we see him in in the Jedi Survivor trailer too. Like, this is what they're supposed to look like. Yeah. It. it, it I get that the, I, I suppose because what I've heard is that the actor's head doesn't quite, the shape of his head doesn't quite uh, match up with. Yeah, neither did Kiati Mundi's, but they figured it out. It's true. The Ki- magic of Hollywood is a powerful and mysterious thing. Of <laughs> so, but I thought like the acting and the characterization was good. Yeah, I wish they had given him the black eyes that he has in Rebels. Because, again, that's some simple editing or just context. So I don't know if we want to get into theories yet, but I'm I am beginning to think that this may not be the same Grand Inquisitor. Because Why? the Grand Inquisitor is a position, not a person. Right, but the Grand, the Grand Inquisitor is also a character. He is, but I, I don't know. I... There, there's like one line in episode three. You know, I th- no, I think there's a, a detail that would suggest that's wrong, and it is the Grand Inquisitor's electro earmuff thing. Yeah, because uh, he's got them in Rebels, and he's got the same ones in. And why Kenobi. is? And we'll get to this in episode two, but like, there's some like fairly problematic things with the whole everything with the Grand Inquisitor. Anyway, like, we'll get to that in episode two. Stay tuned. <laughs> um, anyway, so, yeah, we, we first meet Reva. We first meet the fifth brother, I believe, with uh, Sung Kang's character, which I am loving his character so much. So, uh, whose character? The guy from Fast and Furious that eats chips. He's also Asian, if that's important. He's Han from the Fast and Furious movies. 
I'm that's never, really all he's big for. So I've never watched the Fast and Furious movies. So, well, he it's a big it's a big name for Star. It's it's one of those castings for Star Wars that's not like oh, oh my he god plays, uh, they got brother. this guy. It's like hey, it's fifth brother, right? I think so. The right, guy with okay. the now, the, now I know the guy with the the straw hat, but it's not a straw hat. Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. Now I know who you're. Now I can picture. Yeah. Him. Anyway, I'm loving his performance. He gets a lot more screen time in episode three. Um, absolutely loving his performance. Um, then there's the other one who doesn't really get a lot of lines, but that's fine. She's, the the other Inquisitor. Yeah. A ninth sister. Okay. Like that's because this is the first time we've ever seen her. This is her character introduction. Is it not? She's not the one from Rebels, then. No, that's the one from Rebels. Is I need a list, like a whiteboard, because there's also different second ones. Sister? No. I think Second Sister is... No, Second Sister is Trilla. I was about to say it's Trilla. Because Grand Inquisitor is technically First Brother. And then I think the Seventh Sister is the big, like, orcish one in... Wait, no, that's Fallen Ninth Order. Sister. The new character, I think, is Tenth Sister. Seventh Sister is the one who's partnered with Fifth Brother in Rebels. Who's the, the? This is so ridiculous. The one the, she's the one that's the Mirror Lucan. I don't know what that means, but okay. Anyway, Mirror Lucan is the race of uh, uh, Luminara. Okay. They have the geometrical tattoos. Yeah. Anyway. Green to yellow skin. Um. Yeah. Cantina scene. What I don't did have you too think, much to say about it? What but, did you think of Riva's characterization as being kind of like the hothead who's just like, ugh, enough talk, throw the dagger, and then ugh, let's not keep him alive, kill him. I think it's I love that they do it because like the Grand Inquisitor, every time we've always seen him, he is evil, mm-hmm. like straight up, and then Riva is like, it, to put it in D and D alignment terms, Grand Inquisitor is like a like a lawful evil. Sure. Um, Riva's definitely a chaotic evil. And then you see... You see uh, the fifth brother, who is like... He has a much more like... We do not need to use violence unless absolutely necessary. And I like seeing that from the Inquisitors, because it shows that kind of like that side of Star Wars. It's like... The Empire is not all bad, and it's not even supposed to... Like, the Empire is still supposed to be, like, not... It's not supposed to be just Nazis. It's Yeah, the right? Empire isn't evil for the sake of evil. Exactly. But so, like, seeing Sun Kang's character be like, hey, we don't... Like, the way he gets... he It pisses him off when Riva cuts that lady's hand off. It's like, it's completely unnecessary. The threatening's working just fine. These people have never seen a lightsaber before. They don't need to see a demonstration. They all have heard the rumors. Exactly. And that's enough for them. Actually, the people in this town have seen it in action. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, I, I love seeing that, just, like, the difference in the characters. Sorry, I had to grab my fidget. Anyway, uh, I'm also just like in love with his character solely because it's Sun Kang playing him. So right, I really I, I can get behind that. So I don't know. I liked that they made her evil and that they're making her a villain. I was you thought little, we were gonna see kind of like a. I thought we were gonna see like the quote unquote misunderstood villain. Yeah, she, not yeah. really a villain because that's they're, valid. They're really a good guy. Just they don't know how to be a good guy yet. And they're going to try to 
impart some morals or ethics into what they're doing. And that <laughs> nope. is not at all what they've done. Nope. She is she's so evil. She is like just like kill all the people. She is betray my allies for my own gain. She right now as of episodes one and two, she's turning out to be a true villain. Mm-hmm. And I am all for it. Because we need more just like genuine villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um all right, let's go ahead and move on to kind of Obi-Wan's day-to-day. Seems really depressing. Just kind of like... The way they do it, they shoot... We see it like three or four times. And we it's, do. It is the same exact every single it's time. It's very mind-numbing and droll. He's just, ugh. And it, it, That's why I call it depressing. It gives me hardcore opening of Fallen Order vibes. Real fast. Do you think... That they are chopping up a crate dragon? No. Okay. Because we see it. We see part of di- it. We see it from a distance and it just doesn't. I don't know. It looks like it's just the spine. That's what I, I, I want it to be a crate dragon, but we're not getting a lot of things that I want in this <laughs> series so far. So far. Yep. So. Uh, no Benedict Cumberbatch. I saw. Um, quick tangent. So Jude Law was cast. In the skeleton crew as a oh I saw that yeah and uh, one of the theorizers I follow was th- talking about maybe Jude Law is being cast as Thrawn for the skeleton crew and I was like I wouldn't hate that Jude Law would be a very good actor I mean he would I really like Jude Law I do um, okay back on track back on track uh, so I would say it's and it's like the small thing. Like, do you think he is, to some degree, because he's not at all trying to hide the fact that he's snitching a tiny little piece of meat after every shift. Like, he's not looking around. He's not being coy about it. He just cuts it off, wraps it up, stuffs it in his apron. Mm-hmm. Do you think that he is, to some degree, using the force to no. mask it? No, or do you I think, think he's this just... is. I think this is a man who has not used the force in ten years. I would say after see after episode two, I would agree, because, and I think it's funny because he's like, the fact that he's been like, it. We are made to assume that he's been trying to reach Qui Gon for ten years, right? And it's just not working. And right. part of me is like, well, maybe you should have kept up your Jedi. Training. Training. That I mean, Master would... Yoda did say he had training for you. Yeah. And it looks like you haven't done it. Yeah. Well, I'm... I guess when you leave a student to their own devices long enough, they're not going to do their homework. Which this is, it's all kind of problematic because the Darth Maul duel takes place. Sometime after this. Roughly, I, th- I believe it's roughly a year. After this. Are you sure? Because... That's what I've heard. Hold on, hold on. on. From one of my theorizers. And so... It can't be. This is 10 years after Order 66. Which is... Rebels picks up. It begins at at the earliest five years before Episode 4. Okay, so it's like three. No, it's got to be like eight. Mm, No. Because Darth Maul doesn't find Tatooine until... A year or two after Rebels begins, and that's at least fifteen years after sixty-six. So, so it's got a five years after this. 
That's when Rebels begins. Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like this man, it's just—it's so sad to see him. It is so trashy. It is He's not good at anything. But I am liking how they're doing the disillusioned Jedi this time around, because it is not a he's given up. It's a he's resigned himself to a monotonous life in hiding, just waiting in depression and boredom for the right time. What is his, What is his plan like? Because he's like, when when the time comes, he must be trained. And it's like. What are you going to do? Teach him how to swing a stick? Like, you are not in any position to train anyone right now. I know. And I think this is uh, what it looks like when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because he wants to train Luke, but Owen won't let him. And his Jedi values won't let him force the issue with Owen and just take over. So, he wants to train Luke, but his... His Jedi beliefs are like, but I can't because I can't go against Owen's wishes. Yeah, because the Jedi code is like an itch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what else we need? We go from the day to day to. I think this is when we cut. Oh, real quick. First time we get in the, in his little cave. Uh, I can't remember the little Jawa's name. Oh, uh, goodness. <laughs> He's uh, like. I, my, I want to say it started with a T. It's like, how's your how's your moisturizer, or whatever? And he's like, oh, it's fine. Uh, it's not working because I'm missing this piece. It was stolen. And he's like, I've got just the thing. Pulls out the piece. He's like, if you're gonna steal it and sell it back to me, you at, clean le- it. at least clean it. And it's like cleaning's extra. I'm like, yeah. Hey. I freaking love Jaws. It was, it was pretty great. Um, that was a good. The T16 toy. Uh, yeah. Theoretically, the one from A New Hope that Luke kind of flies around. A little bit yeah. in that three seconds of footage we see of a T-16 Skyhopper toy. Right. Um, Did you think it was necessary? What? The Konobi trying to give some sort of a backstory to a prop like that? I don't think that's the point. The point is not Kenobi is giving this prop a backstory. It is connecting this Kenobi. It's connecting Ewan McGregor to Alec Guinness. Even, right. Even and more I think closely. It's, it's connecting the character Kenobi as like the invisible benefactor of Luke. Yeah, this is. I feel like this is going to be the most effective, because um, we've had some kind of transitionary things between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Um, this is going to be the most effective one, I believe, because of one, Hugh McGregor's performance and his dedication to. Uh, playing Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. Um, and also just the people that are behind it and kind of transitioning that Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker to Ben and Darth Vader and, like, that whole thing. I'm interested to see how his character is going to develop because the the Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan currently is very just dejected. And the Alec Guinness is not dejected at all. Something has happened where elderly Kenobi has let go of that depression and is no longer... Oh, we'll definitely see that over the course of the show. I really hope so. Uh, we, I have zero doubt in my mind. I am more sure of that than I am sure we will see Cal Kestis in live action in this show. 
Right. Okay. So I'm very sure we will see Cal Kestis <laughs> in live action in this show, and we will get to why next episode. Tune in so, next time. Anyway, in um, episode one, what did you think of uh, Obi Wan's meeting with the other Jedi in the middle of the night? It was so sad. It was. It was so sad. I, I was so like he walked up. He's like. Master Kenobi, and he's like, yes, the wrong person. It's like, this guy probably recognizes you from the Clone Wars. Like, you're not getting away with that. Here's the thing. He had facial tattoos, and I'm betting he had them since being a youngling. My bet is Kenobi saw him and was just like, you were in my class that one time. And now I have to lie to your face and say, I'm not Kenobi. You've mistaken me for someone else. Yeah. Because Kenobi was one of the high... He was one of the celebrities of the Jedi Order. Right. He was one of those people that, like, Yoda would have come into class, and everyone's like... <gasps> yeah. And he's and Obi-Wan's like, oh, sorry, kids, I'm not here for you. I just need Master Yoda for two seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I bet he recognizes that kid, and is just like, oh, I can't say hi to you. Yeah. I want to. It was a sad scene, and he's just like... And then when he finally did acknowledge, like, okay, I am Kenobi... He was like, look, take that thing and go bury it as far away as you can and forget about it. Yeah. Do you know what I would have done if I were in Kenobi's shoes? Killed him. Yes. And then went to the Inquisitorius and been like, hey guys, I want to join you. <laughs> no, what I'd have done, I would have just told him some baseline things. I would have said, stay hidden, bury your lightsaber, remember where you bury it, stay hidden, and... Wait for the right time. We have a plan. And leave it at that. Yeah. And just be like, before he died, Master Yoda put, you know, he put a plan in motion to restore the order. Just stay hidden. You will know the right time when it happens. You've got to watch it. <laughs> Are you? I, I, we, you I'm, uh, anyway, um, so yeah, it was. I hated it. I hated every moment of it. Um, yeah, so we go from we go from that into Alderaan, which oh, I wasn't expecting. Leia my in God, show. I literally almost cried. Was Leia in the trailers? No, because I yeah okay no, Bail Ograna wasn't in the trailers. I'm glad to see uh, uh, Jimmy. Bale Organa. Just, I just can't remember the actor's anyway, name. Jimmy something. Bale Organa. Um, no, but like when it was, like we came, we went to Alderaan, and like again, I'm not enough of a nerd to recognize it by sight. So I was like, oh, big white city in forest planet. Yeah. Don't know what this is, and then it's like dressing up a princess. I'm like. It's Leia. And I like lit- I got so emotional because I was like, um, I can't remember who it was back when Carrie Fisher passed, but they were like, we don't want to, we don't want to just use her likeness and keep, uh, like making more stories. Right. Right. We don't want to just recycle. Like they used as much as they had to. They they built Rise of Skywalker around her final performances, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why most of her scenes are so awkward. 
is because they're edited together by like the last bits and pieces that they had left. Right. Right. And they they were very adamant that like we do not want to just like mocap and use someone else as a body double, whatever. And so when I saw that they were doing like a young Leia, I was like, this is a beautiful way to immortalize this character and like still be able to tell stories, but without disrespecting the name or anything like that. And it was just like, it was so, so beautiful. And I like, I legitimately got emotional. And then like, she's mischievous and she it's 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 so perfect the the actress playing her is doing such a great job capturing the character of leia and like when she puts her like older cousin in his place and like absolutely wrecks him and it's like this 10 year old is smarter than everyone in this room right but she's also like a 10 year old a 10 year old but also like you can see her going on to start a rebellion right oh it's, definitely it's in her entire I, I character commented to my dad she i i told him like she's very rebellious isn't she yeah i uh i was i was very here for for young leia um I bail organa enjoy... like seeing bail organa again it's like oh cool he hasn't aged at all it's fine he looks the same as he did 20 years ago i would say that he looks at least 10 years older really he he's got that like old man weight in his face like he, you can tell he's older, cause his like, his face is bigger, in a weird. You can just you can tell it's been a while. I guess I didn't see it, cause he wasn't a spry young man in the prequel trilogy. Like this man is like fifty or sixty. So so anyway, it was it was cool seeing Belograna, like seeing him being that, the like last remaining good man in the empire in the empire and all of that. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm very excited. It's yeah, seeing young Leia was great. We had a new droid model, which is always fun. Oh yeah, Lola, Lola, yeah. What did you think of C3PO's cameo? Oh, that was great. R2 was there too. It was, it was what, great. I tried. Disney Plus. If you are listening, you need to change your one thing. Just one thing. Don't cut to the. Don't minimize the credits and cut to the next episode button until after the uh, the first couple frames of the list of cast. Has yeah, gone yeah, past. yeah. Because I tried to see if this C-3PO was Anthony Daniels, and the second that list came up, it, it shrunk and went away. Is he still alive? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's Chewbacca that passed. Yeah. No, Anthony Daniels, we still have Anthony Daniels with us, and I really wanted to be like, is he in this for 10 seconds as C-3PO? Because he's been C-3PO in every other televised appearance of the character. Um, and I would love for that to keep going. Yeah, so, yeah. Love seeing uh, cameo by Flea, of, of I believe, of the Red Hot Chili yes. Peppers. Yes. Um, not that I knew that before I watched a video <laughs> breaking down the episode. But, right. But... Uh, I thought he looked familiar, um, but I I think this is actually not until episode two, so I'll, I will hold this bit of speculation and also annoyance until the next episode. But here's another thing. This is, it, it, it came up in episode one, continued in episode three. How do you feel about the Inquisitors referring to third sister as Reba? 
I think it is a so we we had this conversation off air. Um, I think that I'm completely fine with it because what it feels like is not like a I part of it is the the whole like sell the action figure thing where you're giving her like a name and you're giving you're giving her character a little more Uniqueness. humanity, right? Um, but also I think it signifies that they do not respect her as a part of their order. Mm. Like, especially the fifth brother. Right, because I think he uses her name the most. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she he only uses third sister when he's being, like, very dire. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that that's a good point. Initially, I was thinking just, like, I don't like it. Yeah. Because I, I like the idea of their titles, first whatever, second yeah, whatever, yeah. being a way of stripping them of their past identity. Especially yeah. since they're all former Jedi who have been tortured into the dark side. Uh, I don't think there's any that weren't Jedi. I don't know if that's entirely true. Because, because of how long it's been... Some of them could be force sensitive. Uh, Maybe, but I want to say most, if not all, are former Jedi who were captured, and and that's from younglings like Trilla to Jedi knights or fully fledged masters like the Grand Inquisitor, who fell to the dark side, who. From what I was looking into his background, the Grand Inquisitor actually fell to the dark side pre-Order 66. Because uh, he wanted to know... He wanted to get into the forbidden section of the archives, and Jocasta knew wouldn't let him. And uh, Palpatine used that to cause him to become highly disillusioned with the Order. And I think it was by the time of Ahsoka's trial, when we see him escorting... Uh, Bear Safi into the courtroom by that time he had already become fully disillusioned and was on the verge of falling to the dark side and that was he really wanted to know the forbidden parts of the archive and just he kept getting stonewalled bummer yep. uh, anyway um, yeah I, like I said I think it's it's a really good way to humanize the character while also showing the disrespect of her peers. Yeah, I think that that's a good way to put it, is the disrespect of her peers. I don't know about the humanizing part. Like, I can see it, but I don't know if I like it, necessarily. I mean, it's the same way that they, they gave the Mandalorian he has a name, Din Djarin, that no right. one uses. Sure. Uh, yeah, like... I don't know, I think I'm just more on the side of the Inquisitors being dehumanized because that's part of what keeps them in line. Mm-hmm. And especially for those that were tortured into it rather than fell and naturally just kind of joined Which it. I'm, I'm beginning to feel like Reva is one of those that fell. Yeah, because it sounded like... That's part of episode two, though. But it sounded like she had sought them out. That, and also it feels like she has some kind of history with Obi-Wan, which I feel like we'll see in a flashback later. Yeah. Um, Maybe she's one of those students that got upset when he's like, not here for you kids, I just need Yoda for a few seconds. <laughs> I'm excited to see what they do with it. Um, Where did the episode leave off? So, well, we see Leia get kidnapped, and then Bail goes 
to Tatooine to talk to Obi-Wan. And he is just adamantly, I don't want to do it. I was... I can't leave Luke. Again, I was so upset that he was so... Like, especially when Bale was like, she's just as important as Luke. And Obi-Wan's like, hmm, I don't know. And I was like, like, Obi-Wan, she's just as important as Luke. She really is. You just, you, and they can't really know yet which one even, of them is going to be well, strong in the Force. Even then, she is like, because like they go on to, Luke goes on to be the Jedi and he, the representative right. of the Jedi in the Galactic Civil War. And Leia goes on to lead the Rebellion. Right. And then later the Resistance. And you know, I was thinking about it. And the New Republic. In the comics, in the Dark Empire comics, Leia is the one who actually gives birth to the next generation of Jedi. That Luke then trains. So, like, in the Legends canon, she's extremely important both for the Rebellion and the Order. Bale meeting Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan being so reluctant. I thought he was going to take both lightsabers. He only took his, which I think we may see later him pull out Anakin's saber. Right. Um, I was kind of surprised to see it in the sand. Because it's like at some point he's going to choose not to keep it buried and he's going to move it into his hut. But he has no hut yet. He doesn't have a hut yet. Now the question is, is this the same cave? And he's just at some point going to have it furnished, quote unquote? Maybe. Uh, anyway, I was really surprised when he goes to get on the ship. He is wearing that lightsaber like right on his hip. I thought the same thing. And he I'm like, like pulls back bold. his cloak and he's like, "Hey guys, I'm a Jedi." And it's like, "Put that away!" Yeah, what it is brazen. Then again, it was like, Obi Wan is known for being quite confident in himself. Valid. Um, like he is one of the few Jedi who could take on Grievous solo. That's why they sent him. Yeah. Hello there. And the the Tartakovsky, I was so mad. Grievous took on like six Jedi, and only one survived. No, two: Shakti and Kiarimundi. The rest bit the dust. But they all had the same lightsaber hilts as Obi Wan, Mace Windu, and Anakin. Yes, with different kyber crystals. Yes, gotta love the magic of cinema. Anyway, <laughs> I think that's where we're gonna go ahead and. Uh, and it, call it for today. And then we will uh, we'll catch you guys in the next episode about episode any, two. Any final thoughts for episode one? I liked it, and I think uh, the show can really go somewhere. Yeah, like Dayu, bum bum which is, bum, <laughs> which is where we'll see you guys next time. Next week. <laughs> All right. Adios, y'all.